Downing, Downing tees it into the box and there's a host of people going for it. Kadra heads it down, Hasselbank edge of the area goes down, no free kick is given. Jimmy's still on the floor, it's, but here's Stewie Downing. Downing there, Downing running beyond the fullback. Whips a great looking ball in, header, goal! Welcome back everybody to the Middlesbrough podcast. I'm your host Hamilton. I'm Brad. And also Greg. And folks, it has been a little while since we've hit you through the airwaves, but we wanted to give you um, our preseason predictions. So there are some things that we'd like to talk about. Uh, first, I'm going to give you just a brief overview as we head into this, uh, you know, final final week of preseason. Preseason's practically over. There are two targets who are still on the board for Borough in terms of signings, uh, and they appear to be imminent. Uh, hopefully, by the time you hear this, there will be more confirmation. So Bettinelli is a goalkeeper from Fulham. Uh, we'd be securing him on a loan. And fortunately, we are looking to bolster our attacking side of the field with a signing of Yaya Sanogo from Toulouse on a free transfer. That being said, gentlemen, that's kind of where we're at in terms of our, our transfer talk for the pod. Looking ahead at this season, uh, I've got some questions you know, to kind of gauge where the team is at and, and where you guys feel they're at. And that first question I want to I want to ask y'all is who is going to be Mr. Reliable on this team? With goals? I'm going to have to go I'm going to have to go with probably probably Fletch up front. I mean I don't know. I just I like I like the the run of form he had at the end of the season. So Blanca had a good run too, but I think I mean, shoot, didn't Fletch put in two in our uh Carabao Cup game against he did the indeed. I mean, he did yeah. That's a regardless of who you're playing, your your number one or two striker puts up two in first competitive game of the season. You like to see it. Um, so I mean, that's got me feeling good about him being able to put up a good goal scoring number this season. Hopefully, not have us bring up the rear of the goal scorers again of the uh, championship sides. Well, if the uh, last few games of preseason, including the Carabao Cup, are to uh, you know set any precedents, you know five one against Newcastle, and then what was it four three yeah. versus Shrewsbury? I mean, that doesn't sound like boring football to me anymore. So it should be, you know, if we can con- continue scoring goals and we're still pretty dodgy at the back, then uh, should be good. Should be a good entertaining season. Sounds like uh, the MLS has decided to come abroad. <laughs> Greg, Greg, wasn't it you that about 15 minutes in after Shrewsbury scored said, "Ah, look at that! Back to good old Borough fashion." I said, uh, "Said typical Borough." Um, yeah, that's right. And then, yeah. and then, uh, by the time the first and second goal came around, you're like, "Oh, not the same Borough." <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he still it was still uh, itchy bum t- or squeaky bum time, as we would like to say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, given given the fact that that was almost like a preseason game, that was in a competitive. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, they made it competitive. That's for sure. Yeah, they they've. I kind of looked at. I had a, a a guy who I who I follow on Twitter. He's actually from Shrewsbury, but for some reason, he's like a Borough fan, and um, I was kind of he wants he a was, championship team, not a League One team. Exactly, exactly. Um, he was interviewed by the kind of Shrewsbury, uh, kind of you know. Twitter uh, community, and he I read his article, and you know I think Shrewsbury on a on an awful team, um, definitely a good test. So it'd be interesting to see where they finish this season if they kind of 
keep things together, they might they might be actually getting promoted next uh, uh, next year. So um, that was that was one of his um, comments anyway. So we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, I, be I interested. I think that game was quite unique because I felt as though Burra really took a hit, not necessarily like a knock of confidence at first, you know, going down, uh, but but really showed the resiliency that I think Jonathan Woodgate's side lacked. Yeah, the yeah. ability to bounce back and stay in it and put a couple in. What was it, 3-1 before they scored their second, or was it 2-1? I think it was 3-1. then 3-2. Yeah, because it was 4-2 mm-hmm. and then 4-3. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was... You love to see him have the confidence to come back out and shake it off and go down and get their own in the back of the net because I think we I think we were talking about it. We were all doing our separate things during the day, but um, mm-hmm. and what we heard and got got to see some clips of. I mean, bro, we're up until that beautiful strike on the first goal of the game. I mean, they had the. It seemed like they were gonna just eventually whittle them down and get a goal after goal and. All of a sudden, they net, they netted that, and it was kind of like, wait, this is this is a game. <laughs> um, yeah, so That's it was exactly nice to what see they the, needed. Yeah, it, it was a good little kick to the face that they shook off and mm-hmm. rebounded from quite nicely. Um, yeah. So I mean, I think um, without having any formal notification that the transfer has actually gone through, um, we obviously also Warnock and. Bettinelli with his agent holding up the shirt, but obviously we haven't had confirmation yet, so I'm assuming it's all just a, a paperwork exercise. Yeah, um, probably waiting on a physical or something. Yeah, maybe there's a yeah, maybe there's a uh, medical that they need to get through, and um, same with Sonogo. I think it's probably they'll maybe unveil them. I mean, tomorrow's Thursday. I feel like but... it'll be a Friday release for both of those guys. Yeah, I mean the first game is obviously on on Friday, so you just never know what's going to happen. But um, you're so right. See. I hope it's yeah, tomorrow. I've, I think I, it will I think be if they, I think if they've got them, it'll be tomorrow. Um, yeah, I if think it's so. not, then we won't even. Because that's that brings me to another what if statement. Um, I mean, Warnock's expressed his uh, lack of confidence in his current goalkeeping squad, which he is basically fleecing at this point and just trying to get people off to bigger and better places and hopefully with the acquisition of Bettinelli he feels more confident. Do you think he starts Bettinelli the first game he gets him? Yeah, I think so. I think that's a wonderful bridge into who I would anoint as Mr. Undesirable uh, and that is Dejan Stojanovic for me. I was looking at his stats from last season from when he played in the Swiss Super League, which is the first division over there. He had 18 games, 25 goals conceded. In the championship, he had eight games, 10 goals conceded. In the Premier League 2, he had one game, two goals conceded. And in the Swiss Cup, he had one game, two goals conceded. That being said, I think that guy, it reminds me of like Lee Camp a little bit. I just don't think he's good. I don't think he can hack it. I think it was Honestly, I, I don't know why the club signed him. Looking at, you know, his stats, uh, but I it think was that, it was a it was a just Woodgate things, you know. Definitely, yeah. And I think for me, again, you go ahead, Greg. No, I was just gonna say how. I mean, again, it comes down to the whole scouting. You know, are they using statistics? Are they using Football Manager? Are they using you know some other metric that's available to everybody? Um, 
you know, without having kind of somebody to sit down and watch the games and actually watch them play, um, you know, I think you're really going to hamper yourself um, being able to, you know, ultimately, you know, accurately portray, accurately predict what sort of player they're going to be. And, um, you know, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not an expert in scouting. I'm not, you know, I've never been involved in football at a high level. Um, I just know what I know from, you know, experience about talking to people who have, you know, connections in that particular area. Uh, it's a very challenging task. And if everybody was really good at it, football would be easy because everybody would be picking the best players. So, you know, again, give the guy a little bit of credit. I think he's come to a foreign country. He's, you know, not been out of, you know, a certain type of football and the championship, even for somebody coming from the Swiss League, is probably a huge step up in terms of quality. Um, and I think the defense that he's probably played under at Middlesbrough certainly has not been the strongest. Um, I, you know, I, so I think it should be a good fight for for both of those, you know, goalkeepers coming in, Bettinelli and Stojanovic. I think that uh, where 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 you Ham said uh, Stojanovic was your Mister Undesirable, I think I got to go with. Um, I go back and forth. I I think Johnson is kind of the one I naturally gravitate to. Especially in that last game, I mean, he was tasked with basically playing a left defensive mid kind of in between the back and the midline. And I just, consistent with how the previous season ended, it was time and time again you heard uh, Maddo and his counterpart talk about how there they go by Johnson again, there they go up his side, and he's got to have better defense over there and make a better effort at it. And I mean, it's just like... How many times can you say the same thing and watch the same thing happen over and over again? Um, you know, I mean, we've got Mark Bola on the bench. I, who knows? I mean, maybe maybe he comes out and can play defense. Obviously, he doesn't add the same pacey presence that Marvin Johnson might. I don't know. I mean, shoot, but, you also have, you know, Hayden Colson who can fit into that yeah, slot. Yeah, but he, he was sick, so, I mean, I don't... I don't know. Maybe they play him there, but I also don't know that, I mean... Johnson's got a little bit more height to him, so that's obviously a little more appealing. But if he's not defending well and Colson can defend better, go for it. I guess my yeah, my counterpoint would be to the you know height. I think the height is only useful in the defense because we don't when when he is playing on that left side. I feel like he's primarily pushing the ball forward and crossing it in, and not like sitting in the box. He's he's only in the box when it's a set no, piece a play yeah, you know true. right so perhaps um and even then i think he takes a, a good share of the corners even then yeah i think <clears throat> his role is a bit undefined uh as you said you know it's really tough to kind of pin where he plays and if you have a keeper hitting on stoyanovic again and and greg i hear your comments you know moving I don't know what that's like. I'm not a professional athlete. And I think there's, a, you know, we do need to give him credit where credit is due coming into, you know, the situation that he did. But, you know, when, when the rest of the defense is a question mark, to me, the one thing that shouldn't be is your goalkeeper. Because ultimately, that's going to be our last line. That's our shot stopper, you know. And, I, and if it came down to, you know, a solid center back or a solid left back or a keeper, I think I would take a keeper every day of the week. Yeah, and it's important that we <clears throat> we kind of frame this in in a way that everybody can understand, so that you know usually the spine of your team, um, your goalkeeper, you know, one of your central defenders, central midfielder, and then you know your striker or your forward, depending on your classification. 
those are you know some of the most important players on your team now obviously i'm not saying that other players aren't important but that spine of the team that that everybody builds from usually usually has strong positional um players strong physical players and um strong strong technical players in those key key positions so um you know i think if we can you know get Bettinelli and he comes in and he's from what i've heard he's quite vocal uh, he has some experience playing in the Premier League for Fulham when they were last up there um, two seasons ago. Um, lost his place last year, but ultimately, you know, can probably do a pretty good job. Um, obviously, we've got Grant Hall who can come in, who's got the experience. Maybe he's a little bit on the slow side, but um, we'll we'll keep an eye out for that. And then, obviously, in the middle, you've got you know Savile, McNair, um, even uh, Tavernier, and then obviously up front you've got Fletcher and Asambolonga. So I think we've got a, a good spine now that we can build from. And I think obviously there's plenty, there's probably plenty more business that's probably going to happen between now and the end of the season. So for me, you know, it's just you know, what is the strongest team? You know, who are they going to be the the bit part players and who are going to be the you know the go to guys? So like you've already said, for me, it's a worry about Johnson a little bit because of his hot headedness. Um, but right now, I think you know we've got kind of more questions than we have answers right now because we haven't really seen, you know, what what we're kind of capable of and if the mentality is right. Because I think all of these players on their day can do a really good job. And I think Neil Warnock's come out after the fact and said, look, you know, maybe I thought I needed more players, but actually seeing the lads together working hard, uh, doing the the things in training, and you know, maybe they've given him more confidence than ultimately he thought. Now, obviously, I think we've missed out on some transfer targets, but. Um, you know, like Warnock said, it's probably all fate. So um, let's just see where that goes. I don't think there's anybody who is kind of really, you know, making me panic right now. Um, over the years, we have had some, uh, but right now, I think we, you know, need to give these guys a little bit time to settle, a little bit time to gel, and see if we add any more, um, you know, add any more experience in in the positions that we need it. So. I wholeheartedly agree. I think if we can find, you know, Yaya Sanogo, Bettinelli, putting them into the mix and providing perhaps that extra push in training or extra counsel in the locker room, I think that will do the team a lot of good. And talking about your point, you know, having more questions than answers, that's, that was one of the next things I wanted to discuss. You know, who, is, who, who are some players, you know, that kind of leave you with a question mark heading into the season? Yeah, I think Brown is one that I am hopeful for. I don't know if questioning, concerned, unclear. I, I'd, he'd be my answer, I guess. Um, yeah, he, he's nice and pacey. He, he can get up the side real well, and I think... Um, just being able to service some good balls into Asambalanga, Fletcher, the both of them, be an outlet for them to work out to. I think him and Tav would work well together. They're fast-paced play. Yeah, I just I see him potentially gelling with a lot of players out there, and I think Warnock's excited about him. We know that he's excited to be there. After his League One stint, he said it himself. Uh, felt like he had some unfinished business at the Riverside. So... He uh, at the very least, at the very least, he's excited to be there and feels like he's got a lot to prove. So, I'm excited to see what he puts out there. The moment you said that, I thought about his. I saw a video on Twitter of him intercepting the ball and then finding the back of the net, and I think that killer instinct is what a D 
defensive player needs or shoot even an offensive player you know the ability so he's, to, he's more of a he's more of a winger really than a defensive player that being said i don't think that's something we've had since you yeah. and i have started following the club greg greg who is who would you say is your mr question yeah i mean again it's you know i feel like you've kind of hit the nail on the head i mean obviously brown max brown coming in and you know potentially having quite a lot of ability um you know did go back on loan again you know i think that was much of a failure of the the management team and and the club rather than you know the player himself yeah Yeah. um and i think he's one to watch We, we bought him you know players last season who then immediately went back out on loan to the clubs we bought them from um brown went back to oxford and then uh, Mark Bowler went back on loan to freaking Blackpool, and it's like, well, what the hell is going on, guys? Like, you know, <laughs> kind of. Do we not, do we not want to keep these guys? What's the deal? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it just seemed, uh, just seemed pretty, pretty squirrely. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that kind of lines know, up with the spotty transfer lineup from last season that I read about. So, yeah, it wasn't wasn't the greatest in all, you know, window wise. But you I mean again. You know, we just gotta just gotta try and take it with a bit of a pinch of salt and and try and see what's going on. So for me, there are a couple of players. So I think somebody who's kind of piqued my interest is um, Sam Fallen or some some I don't know how you say it actually, but it's F O L A R I N Learn. It sounds Scottish, but I'm not quite not quite sure. They actually signed him from. Um, a team down in London, uh, kind of a non-league team that has a very good uh, pedigree of producing uh, really good footballers, um, and seeing if he can actually come into the squad um, with the under twenty threes who are already being involved. You've got Jed Spence, uh, Nathan Wood, and and Hay- Hayden Coulson, and then Steve Walker who also um, came in um, and actually. Um, you know, did a little bit last season. So um, I'm trying to see if we're going to get some of the academy prospects through the season. I would really love to see again some, you know, young, you know, locally, you know, raised kids who've come through the academy and, and, and really put their mind to it. And, you know, I, I don't see any reason now why they can't do it. I think some of the biggest issues that the young kids have when they come up in the in the academy in previous years is that the kind of the big crowd, you know, twenty five, you know, thirty thousand people, you know, even you know twelve to fifteen thousand. If you do something wrong, they're on your back, and you know it becomes immediately very challenging for them. So you know we've had Wing and Tavernier come through. Um, you know, Dykesdale's young. Um, you know, Mark Bowler's young. Fletcher's young ish. You know it. It's a pretty young squad. 25, something like that. Yeah, it's a pretty young squad. So for yeah. me, you know, I'm kind of looking to the the youth team and hopefully that they get the chance to kind of you know prove themselves this season. Um, you know, going up against some of the you know maybe the more senior professionals. Um, that's kind of my those are my kind of questions. I you brought up the youth team and one of the players I'd actually written down was Jed Spence. And and my question yeah. with him, you know, it's it's very obvious that the talent is there. What I question, what I don't, I, I, what what leaves me, what what seems to be lacking is the grit, 
or the determination. Uh, I feel like he can get knocked off the ball easily. The injury there at the end of last season left a poor taste in my mouth. Now, granted, I can't you know blame him for feeling injured, but from Warnock's comments, it made it seem like he was lagging in his recovery. Now, that's not something you know he could control, but it seemed you know when the when the initial injury happened, it felt like he was going to come in the next game, and he didn't. You know, I, I figured that was something. You know, okay, take a day off of training. He'll be back. And and I yeah. and I'm just curious. You know, I think at the championship, you know, talking to Mark, it, it's a really grueling, grueling process. You know, and I think mm-hmm. it takes a lot of determination and grit, like day in and day out. So I'm really curious to see, you know, how he responds. I'm going to be very curious to see how he, you know, especially against Watford, right, steps up to the plate and, and plays a former Premier League side. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. My other question was actually Ashley Fletcher. I think Ashley Fletcher coming off one of his better seasons, you know, he's a good player, but can he be great? I felt like there were times last season where he had the ability to elevate his game through Mm -hmm. finishing and just through sheer luck. It didn't happen. This year, I don't want it to be up to luck. I want it to be him burying it with his skill. He's a huge... He's a huge confidence player. You can see it when he plays. You can see it in his body language. You know, some players just have that kind of air of, you know, I can do anything I want. You know, it doesn't matter what's going to happen. I'm always going to be there or thereabouts. Fletcher is one of those players who thrives on confidence. Um, so it's up to the management team to make sure that they're, you know, giving him, you know, that kind of, um, confidence boost and giving him that kind of level of um you know making sure he's confident in everything that he does when he's not having a good time or when he's on a maybe he's a bit of a dry spell he hasn't scored for two or three games or four games you know that they're not he's not worried about his place and he you know he's a young lad still fairly young um and i think as could really help him in that regard because he's kind of got that strut about him that kind of air of um you know confidence doesn't seem like anything phases him, you know, good or bad. Um, so I'm really hoping they can both kick on this season. Well, I was just going to say, one of the other ones that just came to mind uh, was McNair as well. Um, hearing reports that he could feature in our defensive line as a center back. Here we go again. <laughs> right, yeah, I, he's done it before. So it'd be, it'd be interesting yeah. to, see, to see him play that center spot um, alongside the likes of Hall or... Uh, Fry or Dexteel or Wood, you know, we've got a couple center backs now. And, yeah, know. there's a lot of options. I think problem is we've got quite a lot of players who kind of play in lots of different positions. Yeah. Have, you know, we don't seem to have, like, that's their position. We're always like, well, yeah, he could play there, but, you know, he could also <laughs> play here. And, you know, yeah. sometimes that can be that can be negative as well. So it's we'll also... see. I agree. It's interesting because he plays for Northern Ireland, and I was just checking. He had a goal against Norway. Congrats. Yeah, you know, he's got uh, quite a lot of goals for Northern Ireland, actually, in his career. Um, I don't know if you've got that pulled up right now, but he uh, he scored pretty pretty, pretty regularly for the, for the Northern Irish. So, heck, man, at the end of last season, he was putting in some hellish-looking strikes. I mean, he got one to finally fall... Was it last game of the season? But before that, leading up to it, he was striking him off the post and the crossbar, just blasting the ball in there at a million miles an hour. 
Yeah, he's uh, a really yeah. he's probably a really good six. Um, you know, kind of sat there a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Savile is kind of a more of a traditional eight with you know maybe you know wing or Tavernier kind of a little bit more of a unofficial eight, kind of a little bit more 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 advanced. Um, you know, he's he's got ability. He scored goals for Sunderland when he was there. Um, I just hope he can get some game time again because he's been kind of in and out with injuries a little bit, and then he's you know loses his place, and then he's you know suspended, you know, and he just hasn't really managed to pull that many consistent performances together. So again, it's more excited than anything, Trep- trepidation a little bit, but mostly excited to see how we kind of get on in the first couple of games. With that excitement, folks, we're gonna head to a break, and we'll be right back. Please join us next week where we're going to be interviewing former Middlesbrough, Darlington and Southampton player and current expert summariser for BBC Radio T's Neil Madison. Alrighty, uh, bringing it back, you know, just love it. Um, so, one thing... Uh, we're obviously all a little excited for, maybe worried for, whatever your feelings about it may be. Um, we love to do it. We love to worry. Postseason predictions. Where, where are we finishing? Um, Greg, why don't you why don't you lead us off here? Well, if you look at last season's record, played thirteen, drawn fourteen, lost nineteen. Um. Yeah, I think we can easily turn that into, you know, a one and a half point per game season this year. Um, if you average that out, that's roughly sixty nine points, which is about to it's enough to get us between, you know, sixth, seventh and eighth, depending on the quality of the games and the quality of the teams in the league this year. Um, you know, if you break that down a little bit more, um, you're looking at just five more wins. So you're looking at you know 18, 18 wins, fourteen draws, you know nineteen losses. Now obviously it's not going to come pure, you know, in that form. Obviously there might be a few more draws thrown in and a couple more losses thrown in. But you know I, I think you know one and a half points per game is not is not un, unachievable this year. Um, so that's definitely pushing toward playoff form. Um, you know. We'll we'll kind of see how it goes. That's kind of where I'm thinking. I think we'll. I'm thinking you know top half is is you know good, a good finish. Um, I think anything better than that will be you know will be viewed as a success. Uh, I mean, you have to think with Warnock at the helm after his seven game finish out last season. Like five wins seems extremely attainable in my mind. Yep. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I was doing some looking at, you know, because we had spoken previously on the podcast about, oh, potentially it, with the proper signings, perhaps this team could push for promotion playoffs. And I think we are a bit uh, outliers in the community for thinking that. And it's fair because I did look at the points target. So with the exception of last year, where sixth place made 70 points into the promotion, the average for the previous five seasons was 75 points 
with a record of at least 18 wins, 14 draws, and no more than 12 losses. I think that is going to be a very difficult ask. And I'm not sure if last year was an anomaly. I mean, obviously, you know, that year was an anomaly because of the pandemic. But I think it's going to be very, uh, with our defense now, I don't see us like having less than 12 or 12 losses. I think we'll have a good bit more. Uh, I was going to go with somewhere along the lines of 15 wins, 13 draws, and 18 losses, putting us at 58 points. And if you were to drop that down in the table, that'd put us uh, level at 13th in the championship. I think that's probably the most realistic. Now, if the club truly wants to push for playoffs, if, if you hit like 20 wins, I think you've got a really good chance at making um, a run. So I, I said, you know, the target 20 wins, 14 draws, and 12 losses would um, put us at 74 points, which I think would be pretty safe bet for a promotion spot. Is that promotion or Oh, playoff? a playoff. Excuse me. You're correct. Um, yeah. But there's, there's, there's some, you there's go some really good teams. You know, there's some really good teams. I mean, Brentford are still down here. You know, they mm-hmm. have sold um, another player to a Premier League team. Ollie Watkins has left to go to Villa. You know, you've got Watford that have just come down. You've got Bournemouth that have just come down. You've got Norwich that have just come down. It just depends on how much they can keep their squad together after relegation. So you've got Retro Burra and Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. Birmingham. Retro Borough at Birmingham. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's very tough to call. I mean, this league, like anybody says, you know, anybody can beat anybody. That's why it's probably the most, you know, engaging and exciting league in the world, as as a lot of people would say. Um, I just can't see us getting a worse record than last season, which, you know, looking at it, you Knocks know, on wood. Points again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm doing Knocks the same. Don't you worry. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so it could get worse. I mean, we have lost players, um, but I think Warnock probably is a player or is a manager who can get the best out of, you know, worse players than Woodgate had last se- last season. Um, you know, we shouldn't ever be in a position where we're not, you know, in and around the playoffs. Um, at all with the resources we have as a team, with the resources we have as a club, um, going forward, you know, top half is 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 minimum expectation, and I think you know that kind of ninth, tenth, all the way up to sixth is potential because there's very few points at the end of the season that separate those teams. If you look at it, you know, it's usually, it's usually goal like, difference, yeah, oh. goal difference in like three points or something. Yeah, like that. it's pretty tight. I mean, yeah. So coming down the stretch, yeah. Coming down the stretch, we didn't know who was in that that sixth spot until the last game played out. And I think I think that plays into our schedule. Actually, I was looking at the final, roughly like month in April, and we've got about six matches, and they're against like QPR, Chef Wednesday, um, and then it was several teams that were below us in the table. I want to say, or like Wickham was up there. Yeah, so I'm, they just got promoted. You know, so I, yep. I think there's a there's a potential for a run there at the end of the season to close that gap that we've been afforded. But I think it's, it's getting so far down the line. Getting to the <laughs> we we just gotta get to the point where we can close the gap. You know, if if you can 
if you can be within striking distance, I'd say in March, I think we have a realistic shot of maintaining, if not surpassing, expectations. But, you know, you mentioned Brentford. Uh, you know, they have, they have Pontus Janssen. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that talisman of good luck, or rather bad luck, uh, is going to <laughs> hold that club back perpetually. Yeah, wherever he goes, that team does not get promoted. Hey, so yeah, I mean, obviously, first game of the season's Friday. Um, obviously, everybody's looking forward to it. Um, for everybody who is listening, we will have um, a great interview the following day. Um, Wish I could be the, there. Yeah, with with Neil. So hopefully with Neil Madison. So that'll be good. Though um, I'm excited to see. What yeah. You guys get. It'll be good to see what his first thoughts are of the first game. So, obviously, we do have Watford on Friday. Um, you know, looking at it, fortunately, I think Watford have got something like 11 first-team players out injured or unavailable. Um, Wait, so you just said their entire first team is out? Well, I don't know if it's their entire first team, but <laughs> there's a lot of players. Breaking news, You've got, somebody tell the BBC... Yeah. All of, Roy Deeney. Yeah. Everybody, Old Watford is injured. <laughs> Old Watford. Everybody Old in Watford. Watford cannot play. So oh, my God. Yeah. That's so too good. Troy Deeney, Ismail Asar, Jared De La Feu, Isaac Success, Daryl Yanma, Andre Gray, Messina, Etienne Capu, Pereira, and Danny Welbeck are all potentially out for, for the mighty... Watford Hornets, if they were in the US. Um, coupling right. that, they also have a brand new manager, um, Vladimir Ivic, which I believe is Serbian. He's come in from the Israeli champions. Oh. Um, so he's obviously started his new career playing in England under a regime that potentially can fire a manager after about three games. So it should be interesting to see <laughs> Listen, what his... if you ask their owners, yeah. Nigel Nigel Pearson had it coming, okay? <laughs> that dude took tea with West Ham after their match and wasn't worried about going down. Yeah, exactly. How can you worry about something that's going to happen managers last season. Yeah, they had four managers last season. That's, that's... And one of them was Woo! a manager that they had before. <laughs> so it wasn't like I mean... they... This is this is the thing about the championship. Like, they came down from the Premier League, but like, they came down. So like, are they really that scary? I don't know. Not with eleven yeah. first team players out. Yeah, not with not with their second team starting. So. Uh... <laughs> yeah, they've added four new players. One of them is the legend that is Glenn Murray from Brighton. They signed oh, him. He's Glenn, probably about. Glenn Murray. Forty years old, I think. I um, think I genuinely thought that dude was an American when I first started watching <laughs> soccer because I was like, Glenn Murray, that sounds like a very American name. And then he played at the Amex. And I think I just associated American Express and I was like, yeah, that dude, American. He's the token American at all Premier League teams. Um, but yeah, he, he signed. They've also signed, I think, a defender and a striker from Udinese. Um, and then they've also signed um, one of the young guys who played for West Ham last season. And I want to say Tanganga, but that's the guy who plays for Spurs, and his name is um, his name is completely out of my brain. 
Um, but anyway, they've signed a few four players, so that's 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 information for them. Udinese is one of the parent club teams that the owners of Watford currently um, has access of players to, so it's a little bit. Well, so yeah, it should be interesting to see what Illich uh, Ivic, uh lines up as, based on kind of what I've been able to glean from um, articles and and stats online. He kind of plays with an attacking four three three formation, which you know I think would probably benefit us playing in that three five two formation that we played against Shrewsbury, um, having you know the wing backs being able to drive into the space if they play quite narrow, um, you know that gives us a little bit more direct access to, you know, higher up the pitched positions where those three kind of central midfielders and then the three forwards kind of have to spread out a little bit and it does open up the space. So it'll be interesting to see how they set up. I, I can't see Neil not lining up um in a four three three based on or oh, sorry, in a um three five two based on his existing player availability. Some hot takes. Uh, does Ivic last a month? <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. If they've still got a hangover from relegation, um, it might be might be a, a tough time for the guy, but we'll see. They've got so, a great so, squad. So you think he's in a month? I think Will he make I it think to he'll Christmas. I think he'll make it to Christmas. I'm just looking at him right now, and one of the headlines I see from the Watford Observer is. Vladimir Illich wants Watford to abide by his attacking philosophy, and I just—he seems like he's just going to run, you know, at us, and I, and I think that that's going to work well for Watford. Okay, so moving on, next take: uh, Who are our goal scorers? Who's winning? I'm going to go. Yes. I'm going to go three-one. Burra. <laughs> we play at the Riverside, correct? Oh, nope. We're going down to London? We're there. Alrighty. You know what? Okay. 3-1. Goals from Fletch, Asambalanga, and Seville. 3-1. Up the borough. Um, that's some optimism. I think, based on, what, based on what Greg's telling me, with 11 players out for Watford, I'm guessing they're not going to be as firepower- Full. I'm hoping they're not going to be as full of firepower as they could be. Um, I think the fan in me wants to say 1-0 with Fletch netting one to lead the season off. But I worry that our defense will let us down to a 1-0 defeat. Realistically. So yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm gonna split the split the difference with you. I'm gonna say it's gonna be one one. Okay. Um I think Azambalonga will score just based on I've just got a feeling. So you know that's all it takes is a feeling, just a little tingle. Yeah. So some some interesting kind of points to note here is that um, you know, Glenn Murray's on loan. Um he scored and averages more than a goal every other game. Um, so obviously he's a bit of a bit of a hot hand when it comes to the division. Um, so from a league point of view, um, we've conceded the opener in sixty eight point seven, so nearly sixty one percent of our league games last season. So obviously 
those games ended up one three, drawn seven, lost eighteen. Um, sadness, but sadness, but um, when we um, <laughs> when we did um, ship goals, we actually um went on to basically score away goals after half time and actually won two, drawn three, lost nine. So from that, what I glean is that, you know, we basically were crap at keeping, you know, the a, a game in parity, but we then in away games went on to kind of, you know, perform quite decently in the second half, which yeah. means we need to, you know, pick our ass up from the first whistle and make sure that we're going, you know, ahead in the way that we mean to for the whole game. Make sure you're carrying that, that keister on 90 minutes. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, we'll that, see. that adds up with how we finished the season too. I mean, yeah, wins at exactly. wins at Millwall and chef Wednesday to round out the season. Like those yeah. are, those are some nice ways to go, go with some away form. So if we can, Show up so to Watford and we won four. Flex flex lost. some flex some attitude and show that we don't care if it's home or away. I'm here for it. Yeah, so we won four and lost one away last season under Warnock. Um yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is like lunacy. Wasn't wasn't the one that we lost whole too? We yes. lost our our one away game loss was freaking yes. whole city. Yes, it oh, was like you're right. Pain. You're right. So, um, yeah, yeah. It, we I think we went. It's saying it, it, we went unbeaten in fifty fifty five percent of um, games where we were considered the lower lower odds team. Um, <laughs> so we were we were the lower rank, less likely to win, and yeah, we were the outsiders. We ended up and we ended up not losing fifty percent record against teams against teams with a better record than us so um i'll take those odds on friday i don't know what's happening here it's it's very strange um it sounds like you have in a very short sentiment summed up borough football from what i've come to understand it's very strange pretty much um, <laughs> so we'll see. It should be an interesting first game on Friday. Obviously, it's yeah. live on Sky Sports, I believe. So ESPN Plus, bro. Well, for those in the UK, it's Sky Sports. For us in America, yeah, you're right. ESPN. So that um, being said, Greg, do you want to lead us into what our prediction league looks like for this year? Yeah, I never yeah. done this. You got you got to tell me what's going on. Yeah, so we'll, we'll set up culture. a prediction league. Um, every game, um, we probably won't do the cup games because I think that's just a pain in the ass. Personally, it should be league only. Um, so what we will do is between the three of us, um, we'll set up a little uh, intramural uh, prediction league. So I'm points, gonna win. you're gonna win. So <laughs> points, <laughs> points will be. Um, if you predict the correct score, so that's obviously um, correct team score, correct uh, win, or correct draw, whatever the whatever the basis is, you get ten points. Um, you get four points if you predict a win for obviously either team, and then obviously you get two points for a draw. Um, 
theoretically, you could also get um, two points for correct goals, uh, and we'll see how that kind of works out. I'm not sure if we want to do that immediately, but that's another Just way we clear, can get some additional points. If I write down my predicted result, you'll do the math. Yes, I will nice. set, up a, set up a spreadsheet so that we just have to put in our scores every week and then it'll calculate Maybe. it for us. Can we release this so, spreadsheet to the fans so that way they see the table as it transpires? Yeah, we can do that. You can send a weekly you know, the, send a weekly snapshot as where we're at. You are the man with the handle. You've got the access. We will uh, we'll make sure that that gets out to everybody. That being said, Thank you all for joining us again this week. I'm going to hit my boys with a classic cheers. Up the borough. Up the borough. And let's see. Uh, let's, take, let's, let's take that W away from Watford and just leave him with the Adford. <laughs> there you go. All righty. <laughs> Have a good, good one. one. See y'all. <laughs> <laughs> That's a W. Let's eat one. Let's eat one. That's a W. How many people want to eat a W tonight? How many people eat a W tonight? Come in. That's all I want.